Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about sacrifice. Well, I'm back. Uh, baby Riley has uh, arrived, uh, got a few good weeks at home before coming back into the office with my wife and my little baby, and um, now I'm back and ready to do another episode. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I have to give everyone an update. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's because every time I talk to people that I haven't seen in a few weeks, they're always asking how things are going, you know, how, how's yeah. the baby doing, how's Emily doing, and, yeah. and she's just beautiful. Um, literally the cutest baby I've ever seen, and I don't think I'm being biased when I say that. Of course you're not. <laughs> no, you couldn't be biased. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's absolutely wonderful, yeah. so precious. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen pictures, um, mm-hmm. if you somehow have missed it, then Facebook's algorithm just doesn't like me, um, but l- <laughs> but look me up and check out the pictures, she's just absolutely wonderful. But yeah, she's very precious. Um, as far as our topic today, though, yeah. uh, we're talking about uh, uh, sacrifice and, yes. uh, and continuing with our series of a Christian's responsibility, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it falls under our responsibility as Christians to live sacrificially, yes. right? Is that a word? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Sacrificially is a word. <laughs> My brain is not entirely you, here right now. You've got the dad brain right now. Yeah. You've, you've got the, the parent brain, the lack of sleep brain, the, oh, yeah. all of the things. But um, but yeah, no, sacrificially is a word, and it's something that we, we do have to live that way. Um, so there's a few verses that, that come to mind. The, the first actually is Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, when it pertains as it pertains to living a... Uh, a sacrificial life, living a life that is uh, really pleasing in, in God's eyes. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is just such a powerful, mm-hmm. powerful verse. Uh, and what it says is this in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that that phrase, living sacrifice, is Mm -hmm. such an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Because a sacrifice is something that that perishes, that dies, that is given up. Yeah. And living is the opposite of dying and death, and it's it's having, it's, it's... it's life, right? Yeah. And so it's it's just an interesting phrase. But what he's talking about is that as we live, we are to deny ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's such an important such an important part of the Christian walk because what are what do you think most people's most commonly used word is? I. Yes. Yeah. I or me or my or some variation of the personal pronoun that mm-hmm. relates to themselves, right? Yeah. And as we go about this life, we have to be very careful that we don't allow as Christians for that to be our most commonly used word. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, it's a, a seems like an oxymoron, but it, it isn't because you're continuing to live your life. You're just not living it for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and when we look to the Old Testament, as far as uh, the worship uh, to God in the Old Testament, it was sacrifice of animals, of, mm-hmm. of bulls and goats and, and the shedding of their blood um, to... Uh, to 
atone for sin, to, to sacrifice uh, that um, and and to, to worship God. To um, They had all sorts of different sacrifices that they would do. Um, but today we have just one sacrifice for us. Yep. It's Jesus Christ. And yep. it's the shedding of his blood, the pouring out of his blood that atones for our sin. Um, one sacrifice, one time for all. Yep. And Jesus instructs us, hey, if you want to be part of that. If you want to to be in me, uh, to be covered in my blood, to be washed clean in me, then you also need to do some sacrificing. But it's not a physical sacrifice. It's yeah. a a sacrifice of of our wants and our desires, and and what we would say. Hey, this pleases me. Instead, we seek what pleases God. Absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of the the sacrifice of Christ, it's once for all, and and those that are in the Old Testament. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, the Hebrew writer uh, talks about that very clearly. Uh, chapter 10, verse 1, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins, but in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Then you go down to uh, verse, we'll go to verse 9. Uh, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified mm-hmm. through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, it is his sacrifice that has allowed us to be free of sin, to be yeah. free of the guilt of sin, right? Which is a, it's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful and, thing. and I love just the imagery of being uh, covered in the blood of Christ, to be washed in the blood of Christ, to be yeah. clothed with Christ, because it's the imagery that that says when when God looks at me, He doesn't see my life of sin. Instead, yeah. He sees His perfect Son, Jesus Christ, yeah. because I've been clothed with Christ. Yes, that's what He sees in me. Yeah, it's like Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ. It's yep. no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Exactly. Well, and, and that's really the summary of what we're talking about today, Galatians yeah. 2.20. Um, but Jesus says this himself. Uh, we have plenty of passages, Romans, Hebrews, Galatians, that talk yeah. about living a, a life of, of sacrifice, but mm-hmm. Jesus gives the command himself in Luke chapter 9. Yes, he does. Um, uh, as right after Peter confesses that he is the son of God yeah. um, in uh, verses 18 and following, um, Jesus tells them in verse 23, he says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That That's the baseline command from Christ. Hey, if you want to be a follower of me, you have to deny yourself and follow me. You have to take up your cross. And even that phrase of take up your cross, there's so many different applications that can be taken from that. It's the idea of, okay, I'm going to to take up my cross and and be crucified as though Christ is is crucified. In other words, I'm dying to my own life. Or even the idea of I'm going to, to pick up my cross, to carry my cross as Jesus carried his cross to Calvary, yeah. and and I'm going to be carrying this Christianity with me wherever I go, so that people yeah. will know uh, who I belong to. I, I just love all of the applications that come yeah. from the idea of carry your cross. Well, and what's what's really interesting about that phrase is that this is so. This is obviously before Jesus has actually been crucified, mm-hmm. right? And nobody knows, except for Jesus. Nobody knows that that's going to be his form of what's going to happen. Yeah. Not only that, 
But society as a whole at this point in time loathed the cross. Yeah. It was a sign of shame. It was a sign of humiliation. It was a sign of uh, rejection by society. Yeah. Right. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you take up your cross. You, you are to you be humbled by everybody else, right? You are to be set apart from everybody else. This is, yeah. this you're is going to be different. You're going to be different, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that which is maybe shameful in the world is something that you have to carry. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be despised by my namesake, Jesus says. And, and so in verse 26, he even uses the phrase ashamed, right? He says, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the angels. Mm-hmm. And so you, this idea of carrying the cross, right? Like carry your shame. Yeah. This, this shame of the cross is the path to salvation. Yeah. But, but I love that Christians shouldn't be ashamed of, of the cross. Uh, and Paul even says that I take pride in Christ. I don't take pride in anything else, not in any of my own accomplishments, not in anything that I've done in this life. Yeah. It's all rubbish, but I take pride in, in Jesus, I'm, yeah. that I'm a child of his, that I belong to him. I'm proud of that um, yes. because it's, it's what he has done, not what I have done. And so while it's something that the world looks upon shamefully, yeah. that's what we are to carry with pride. Yeah. Well, and, you know, up, up to about 400 AD, the cross was not really associated with Christianity, right? So like mm-hmm. today it is intrinsic, right? We yeah. think of the cross, we think of Jesus, right? Yep. Well, back then when they thought of the cross, they thought of criminals and they thought of, you know, uh, insurrectionists and murderers and all of these just awful, terrible people, not fit for society, right? And so we have this idea in our mind of, well, the cross is Christ and Christ is the cross. Mm-hmm. And when when this was being written, that was not the case, right? Yeah. And so it's a really, I just think, a really interesting consideration that even before Jesus died, he was telling people that you need to take up your cross. Yeah. Um, Society is going to look bad on yes. you. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really interesting thing. But it is it is. It's this idea of sacrifice, right? That what you think you want in this life, what you think you need in this life is not what you want and is probably not what you need, yeah. right? What you need is Jesus. Yeah. It, it's, it's sacrificing success, sacrificing um, things that will move you up the – the social ladder, so yeah. to speak, uh, things that will um, help you, uh, things that will make you feel accomplished in this life. Um, yeah. And I mean, we were even having a class with the teenagers just last night about this. Uh, the topic is how to stay faithful after high school. That's been our, our fall Wednesday night uh, topic. Um, and the there was this discussion of, you know, we we teach, yes, you, you should strive for success in whatever you set out to do in life. If you want to be a doctor, then you need to be successful and that work hard at that. If you want to be a lawyer, work hard at it to be successful at it. If you want to uh, be a a police officer, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you want to be, you need to work hard. And and we teach our kids that because that's a a good work ethic. Uh, That's a proverb, work uh, at everything that you would do as though you're working for the Lord and not for man. I know I botched that, but... (laughs) Work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. Yeah. Um, uh, But that's what we teach because we we should. Everything that we do, we should work as though we're working for the Lord and not for man. Um, But then we also teach, and you need to be a solid Christian. You can't give up on your faith. You need to uh, to be the best Christian that you could possibly be. Yeah. But for some reason, we te- teach those things separately. Yes. We teach you need to be successful in life, and we teach you need to be a, a solid Christian and, and successful as a Christian. Yeah. But instead, no, you, they should be combined. 
You should be the best Christian doctor. You should be the best Christian lawyer. You should be the best Christian police officer because whatever you're doing, it's a life of of sacrifice that you don't care about moving up the ranks. The number one thing you care about is, is sacrificing your own wants and desires so that you can glorify God along your life. And and you're not, um, you're not changing anything. You're going away to live on on a mountain, but just by yourself in, um, in solitude so that you can't commune. No, (laughs) instead it's, it's a, along my life as I go, I am not seeking my own desires above the, the glorifying of God. Absolutely. Um, and, and that really fits right in with, with another of Jesus's teachings, right? Mm -hmm. Luke 14, just a few chapters over. Um, you know, he's got, it says great crowds accompany him, verse 25. So he's, mm-hmm. he's got a bunch of people. He's like, all right, time to talk. He turns to him and he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And that's a bold and a hard teaching. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You, you got to hate everything else. You cannot be my disciple, right? Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then he talks about, you know, building a tower. You got to count the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Or going to war with so many soldiers against so many soldiers. You got to count the cost. You know, what king goes to war without considering whether he'll win? What builder, cons- you know, starts building a tower without considering whether he can finish it, right? And then in verse 33, he finishes this whole section and he says, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not saying that we have to sell everything that we have currently, give it up, give it away, and live a destitute life on whatever we can find in the trash can. What he's saying is that the things of this life cannot hold sway over us to the point where we refuse to give them up under any circumstances, right? If a if a tornado comes and hits our house and we've got to rebuild, we've got to rebuild. Our faith is in Christ, not in our house, right? If If we become bankrupt because of, I don't know, company that we are investing, whatever goes down, right? Our faith is in Christ. Our hope is in Christ. It's not in people. It's not in things. It's in Jesus. Yeah. And and that really is the bottom line is this idea of sacrificing. It may mean giving up some of the things you have. Yeah. It, it absolutely might. You might have to get rid of your, your, your things. Well, and that's why you have to count the cost. You have yeah. to, to say, would I be willing to give anything up for Christ? A- am I willing to give up and not just physical possessions but yeah. but we're we're talking about literally anything any yes. kind of status any kind of, of relationship relationship that you may have you have to say is this more valuable to me than Jesus Christ yeah. and if it is then it it has to be removed it has to be uh, adjusted uh because Jesus is the number one thing that's that's the idea of sacrifice yeah. that that's the idea of deny yourself and take up your cross and in yeah. order to do that you have to count the cost yeah what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul yeah right and Jesus is the only answer he is the way the truth and the life it's only through him that we have hope and so to, to consider our life and the things that we have, the relationships we share, all of this, all of the stuff that is in our life, we have to be willing to sacrifice all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the sake of Christ. And, and we kind of see that example in Acts chapter two. As the church is, is being established, uh, the day of Pentecost has just happened. Um, thousands of people become Christians, um, um, men and women. And, yeah. um, 
and we see the the workings of the church and what they would do. In verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing distributing the need the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. What I see there is a complete disregard for anything physical in the world. Materialism. It's, yeah. Yeah. A disregard for, for material things. Instead, it's a, a complete focus on God, on Christ, and on his church. Yep. That's where the focus is. Absolutely. That's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, in fact, it's very hard to do because we're bombarded with materialism yeah. every day, especially here in the United States. I mean, you, you can't, you can't leave your house without seeing a, a plethora of material possessions. Oh goodness. Uh, not even just leaving your house uh, yeah. a, a, around your house within, yeah. <laughs> within your house. Or even uh, if you try to listen to some music, there's going to be an ad that pops up from Amazon asking you to, to buy more material buy, things, yeah, buy more stuff, <laughs> buy more things. It'll make you happy. Right? So, how do we then as Christians, and, and in particular, those of us in America, or those of us who live in countries where materialism is a real problem, how do we go about being sacrificial with our stuff, with our time? I think it starts by what we were kind of saying a, m- a moment ago. We, we need to count the cost. Yeah. We need to evaluate um, – what we have in this life. And this actually accomplishes a few things. When you go through and look at at what you have, what is important to you, number one, you're going to start to recognize God's blessings. Yeah. When, when you take the time to count what you have, to count what God has given you, um, then it will really start to humble you. But then also you'll start to see, wow, I greatly value this. Do I value this more than my faith? If yeah. if I lost this or if... What am I more afraid to lose? Yeah. What am I most afraid to lose? And so really counting the cost and, and not so much in if you're already a Christian and already have committed your life to, to Christ and have been baptized into him, it's not so much of like, okay, can, do I need to give this up in order to follow him? Because you've already said, yes, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to commit my, give, commit my life to him. Yeah. But it's a matter of counting the cost moving forward. I think this is something that really we as Christians should be doing more than just, okay, before you're baptized, let's count the cost real quick. Are you, are you able to say, I'm going to commit my life to Christ? It's something that we have to do throughout our lives. Absolutely. Well, I mean, circumstances change, life changes. I mean, for the sake, you just had a child. Yeah. Your life is vastly different from four weeks ago. Yeah. Like it's not even remotely close to the same. Um, Your house is different. You're- There's pink everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean- (laughs) It's it's completely different, right? And yep. so we absolutely have to continually count the cost. Um, you know, it's the same thing, you know, a, a general goes to war. Well, you don't count the cost first and then all of a sudden the battle turns yeah. and you're like, oh, no, we counted you the cost. Re-evaluate. We're good. And you reevaluate, right? So yeah. you consistently have to do that. And I think really it, it it's the little day-to-day things where you build consistency and discipline and self-control of, I'm going to wake up and pray in the morning. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to pray before I go to bed. I'm going to read my Bible for five or 10 minutes in the morning and before I go to bed. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We dedicate and we focus our time on God. And and I'm not perfect at it. I'm not, I'm not even good at that right now. I'm working on that. I'm not good at it, but I'm working on it. 
And that really is the, I think, the crux of this idea of being sacrificial in our lives. There are a lot of things that I want to do. Yeah. You know, that are enjoyable, that are fun. Go see a movie, play video games, play softball, spend time doing X, go see family, do all these things. But what do I need to do? I need to be in the Word of God. Yeah. I need to be talking well, to and, God. And quite honestly, with this idea of sacrifice and counting the cost, if you do take the time to count the cost, you're going to, I guarantee you, every person that's listening to this, you're going to find something that's needing to be sacrificed. Yeah. You're, you're going to find something that you're going to say, I have to remove this from my life because it's yeah. just too much of a distraction. It's too much. It holds too much of my heart. Yeah. And I cannot let that take up space where Christ should be filling my entire heart. Absolutely. And so... Um, and that's th- not to say that those things are sinful or wrong. No, not inherently. It is. It is a matter of, as you're saying, what comes first. Yeah. What is first and foremost? And that's an, you know, an honest evaluation, I think, throughout our lives at various points in time is going to find that Jesus is not first and foremost. Yeah. Right? He should be. He should always be. But honest evaluations, I know there have been times in my life after becoming a Christian, Jesus has not been first. And I've had to reevaluate and I've had to adjust and I've had to change. And mm-hmm. it's it's hard. It's a yeah. tough thing. Uh, I want to give one more uh, thing that we might need to consider in the terms of the conversation of sacrifice and yeah. counting the cost. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but um, it's counting the cost in a sense of where are your defenses weak against Satan? Because sometimes there are things that we have in our life that cause us to be vulnerable yeah. to temptation, vulnerable to sin. And those are also things that we may need to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, it goes back to a lesson I did with the teens uh, on how to stay faithful after high school. Yeah. But it's a matter of we need to count the cost in terms of how is Satan going to attack me? Yeah. So I, I asked the question of them, if you were to fall away, if you were to, uh, to lose your faith for some reason, which for them, a lot of them right now, they're like, I can't even fathom that. There, there's not a chance. There's no way I'd fall away. There's no yeah. way I'd give up my faith. There's no way I'd turn from Christ. Yeah. Um, but just in this hypothetical question, if you happened to, yeah. what do you foresee the the reasoning? Yeah. Uh, what, 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 is there something in your life that you could see Satan exploiting yeah. um, to turn you away from Christ? Or do you um, do your friends hold a lot of sway over your thoughts and feelings? Yeah. Are there things in your life that you really value because um, it takes up a lot of your time? You really enjoy it, and could Satan exploit that? We have yeah. to count the cost in terms of how is he going to attack us, mm-hmm. and that might and uh, might lead us to say. I need to short my defense. Sacrifice that a little bit too, yeah. so I can short my defense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, man, this this topic of of sacrificing. You know, if we wanted to get specific, we could go on for oh yeah for hours. Yeah. Um, but I I think we've kind of covered the the basic premise of the importance of sacrificing and and what that looks like in various capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to say before you? close it out. Um, yeah, I just had one other thought. I want to remind everyone, please share this. Um, share this with anybody who posts on Facebook and says, hey, I want to know about a, a good Christian podcast. Send them our way. Send them a link to Bible Conversations. Um, anybody that you're even just having a conversation with and talking about podcasts, it's about to be the holiday season. People are going to be taking road trips. Uh, share this podcast. Yeah. Um, it, I know it has been encouraging to so many people. It's been encouraging to us. Um, Absolutely. But we just want to continue to encourage anybody that we possibly can to yeah. help build up the Lord's church, help um, people to to seek to 
to serve Christ every day. Yeah, to seek and find. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll let you close this out, man. All righty. Well, thank you all so much for listening to us. If you can just listen a few more minutes um, or a few more seconds even uh, and see how you can help us out. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, Look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.